Hey everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Journey Journal Podcast, where we discuss all things faith, love, and lifestyle. I am your host, Annette, and I am so glad that you have stopped by on your journey to destiny. In this week's episode, we are going to be discussing the top seven things you should do before you get married. If you'd like to learn more, stay tuned. Hey y'all, it's almost Christmas. Y'all, I am so excited. Christmas is like one of my favorite holidays and I'm extra excited this year because my baby knows a little bit more about what's going on. He's a little bit more aware. So y'all, I'm just so excited to see him open up his gifts and get some new toys and new clothes. And um, I'm just grateful that we were able to even do anything for him. You know, there are so many people, I know I was one of them that lost my job during the pandemic and, um, you know, things can just happen at any time. So I'm just grateful that God just continues to show favor, continues to show mercy and continues to show us that he's God. And, you know, I don't, he doesn't care if we have a nine to five. He doesn't care if we, you know, our stay-at-home mom or whatever whatever job that he decides to bless us with in that season, ultimately, he is our provider. So I am so thankful to God for that. I don't even know how I got on that, but I guess that was just in my spirit. Um, but as you heard from the intro, we are going to be talking about the top seven things to do before you get married. Since we are nearing the end of the year, I thought it would be a cool idea to go back and kind of look at my analytics on my blog and see what was the most read blog that you guys read this year. And the top blog post for 2020, since I have relaunched my blog, was the top seven things to do before the ring. And so I said, I'm going to make a podcast episode about this so that we could talk about it in more detail and almost just have like a girl chat, if you will. If my fellows are listening, this is great information for you too. Um, But y'all, I'm ready. I got my hot chocolate over here. And so if you need to pause this episode and go grab you a snack, some water, some juice, some hot chocolate, definitely do that because this is going to be some good information. I think what made this blog post topic so popular this year was that we like to be prepared. We like to know what we're getting into, especially when it's something that we've never done before. And if it's your first time, you know, wanting to be married or you're thinking about getting married in the future, you know, for a lot of us, that was, you know, our first time doing that. And whenever we're doing something for the first time, we always want to be prepared. And so um, I think that that's one of the big reasons why this, why this blog post was so popular. Another reason why I think it was popular is because I think that we are a little afraid of the unknown. You know, we are afraid of, walking in you know a bit of darkness that we don't really know about we don't know what's going to happen we don't know how it's going to turn out and so we try to gather as much information as possible just to make sure that we kind of have an idea about what's going to happen but y'all being married is like having a baby you just have to grow with it you just have to walk it out and that's how you learn you learn through experiences um But it's always helpful to glean from other people's experiences. And I think that kind of brings some calm and settles our spirits a little bit, settle our spirits a little bit whenever we are talking about marriage. And then the third reason why I think this 
post was so popular this year is that there aren't many people discussing their journey and definitely not in a way that is transparent or, you know, just laying it all out there. I think that, you know, so many of us get married and we just kind of go about our lives, especially when we start having children and, you know, life gets busy. But I think that it's important to help our sisters and help our brothers and, you know, answer any questions that they may have or just be a light and a hope to people that marriage can still be forever. And that even though you have, you know, rough seasons or times when marriage gets hard, that at the end of the day, it can be a beautiful and very successful thing, especially when you have God at the center. And so, you know, anytime that me and my husband can come on and just share our life experiences, we are always down to do that because we want our young marriages to succeed and we want our community to be uplifted. I must say, though, I bless God for my husband because, y'all, he took the initiative at every step in our relationship. When we were best friends, because we started out as best friends, for those of you who don't know our story, We were best friends in high school and then he asked me to be his girlfriend. I was not ready for that, but I became his girlfriend. And then after we were dating for a little while, he asked me to marry him. So we got engaged. I wasn't expecting it. I was not ready for it. Um, but I just follow him and to, and to this day, I don't even really, I mean, I knew that I loved him, but marriage was just not something that I was so focused on. I was focused on my career. I was focused on trying to make money. I was focused on trying to finish grad school. And so, although I knew that I wanted to be married in the future, it just wasn't something that I thought would happen as early as it did. And so, um, he had to take the initiative y'all, because if it wasn't for him, I don't think we would have got married until after maybe I graduated from grad school and got a job and was making money and had a house already. So (laughs) um, I think that that's a great sign for you ladies out there. If your man is taking initiative and wanted to go the next level with you and you see a future with him, go for it. I mean, Time waits on no one. And I'm so glad that I just, you know, listened to the Holy Spirit and ultimately followed my husband, my now husband's lead because I would have been out there looking like I was looking. And so, um, you know, but that's what I told a lot of my single friends. And I still tell my single friends now is don't rush the process. You know, we have a lot of great conversations and a lot of times there's so many words they will ask me, you know, how do I make this time of singleness more purposeful? And for the longest time, I would tell them, girl, travel, you know, surface stuff like travel, eat what you want to eat, you know, stay up all night, go out and stay out all night, have sleepovers with your girls, shop and spend money all on yourself and do whatever you want to do. And just sit in silence and get to know you because not that those things are far removed when you get married, but you do have to consider that person in every decision that you make because you're not doing life by yourself anymore. You're doing life with someone else. Making sure that your 
single time is purposeful is so important and so vital to the person that you're gonna be once you get married and we're gonna kind of get into that later on into this episode but when I started when I sat down and wrote this blog post in October I was asking God because I always want to give you guys sound advice or sound information you know either from experience or from the Bible. I never want to, you know, just say anything just to put information out there or just say what I think people want to say so that I can go viral or whatever, you know, whatever the trend is. I don't know. But I try to give you guys sound advice because I care about, I care about y'all. I care about y'all's future. I care about, you know, your families. I care about your marriages and your future marriages. And I always want to give good information because a lot of times people our age aren't going to church anymore. They're not reading their Bible. I think that they have a desire to further or deepen their relationship with Christ. But, you know, it takes baby steps. And sometimes you are on, you're the only Bible that people read. And so I always want my life to be a life of servanthood. I always want my life to be a life of integrity. And like I said, just making sure that I'm giving you guys you know, the best advice that I can, you know, I'm still young. I'm only 27, but I do talk a lot to older people. Me and my husband do. We are always asking questions. We're always um, just inquisitive. We want, we want to know what's going on, what we need to be, you know, looking out for. We, we, we want to know. And so I will say that about me and my husband is that we are very, um, inquisitive when it comes to older generations we want to have wise counsel and um so with that said I do my best and so when I was writing this blog post originally I was asking Holy Spirit like okay what do you want me to say because I want to say something that's of, of substance. I know that in the past, you know, when I've had conversations with my girlfriends, just impromptu, informal girl talk conversations, you know, you know, we joke and say all of these funny things that you should do before you get married. But I'm like, okay, if I really want to impact people, if I really want to um, make sure that I'm getting my point across as best as I can, what do you want me to say? And surprisingly, he led me to the book of Ruth, which is never really looked at from an angle of dating or what you should do before you get married or single or singlehood. And so when he told me that, of course, I went to the book, but I went kind of cautiously because I'm like, okay, God, I don't know what you're about to show me, I don't know. I don't know because I've never heard it from this angle, but I'm going to go and read and see what you drop in my spirit. And these are where the seven tips came from, the book of Ruth. So if you want to go back on my blog, because I did end up doing two um, blog posts on this topic. I did one kind of general blog post about the seven things that you should do before the ring. And then I did a deeper post where I talked about where I got the scriptures from in the Bible, you know, what they mean to me, the revelations that I feel the Holy Spirit was given to me and why I chose the seven tips that I chose. So I will link both blog posts down below because I may not get too into scripture this episode, but I do think that that information is beneficial, of course. And so I will link that down below in the show notes for you guys. If 
you want some scriptural references on where I got these seven tips from. Okay, so number one is heal. Heal. Ask God now to reveal the areas in your life where you need to heal, where you need to be whole. In the book of Ruth, when it first, the first chapter, um, we found out that Ruth was coming out of a really bad situation. Not just Ruth, but her sister Orpah, as well as Naomi, their mother-in-law. Their father-in-law um, had just died, as well as both of their husbands. And they were leaving to come back to Bethlehem because they heard that, you know, God was blessing or favoring Bethlehem with harvest in this season. So they were leaving a dead situation and coming into a situation that was favorable for them. But as you read the chapter and, you know, this is very, a very familiar chapter. So you've probably heard the story a million times before. But if you have not, when um, they were coming back to Bethlehem, Naomi changed her name to Mara, which means bitter. And what I love about this story is that at this point in the story, Orpah had went on and went back to her homeland and it was just Ruth and Naomi together. And they both had been through a very trying and traumatic situation. And instead of Ruth taking on the example that was before her, she decided to do something different and she decided to heal. Her mother-in-law had taken on all of that hurt, had taken on all of that bitterness, all of that anger, all of that rage, so much so that she changed her name to reflect her emotions, right? And Ruth could have done the same. She could have said, okay, well, you know, my mother-in-law is all I have right now and she's wallowing in her sorrow. And so that's what I'm going to do too. But it doesn't say that Ruth changed her name. Ruth kept her name the way that it was, which signifies to me that she made a commitment to the healing process. She didn't allow what she had been through in her past relationships and her past life in Moab to disqualify what God possibly had for her in Bethlehem. I don't, the Bible didn't tell us whether or not she, um, if God had put a word in her spirit that she was going to meet Boaz. We don't know what happened, but I do know that Naomi changed her name and Ruth didn't. And so that let me know that the healing process is so very important before we get married. Because at the end of the story, Ruth and Boaz do get married. If, you guys don't know that story. They do get married at the end. And so the chapters before they get married kind of walk us into how they met, how they interacted with each other. You know, the characteristics that Ruth had and the characteristics that um, Boaz had. And then ultimately pointing to Jesus, which is a whole nother situation. So we're just going to stick on this topic at hand. But anyway, Ruth didn't take hold of that example that her mother-in-law was giving her, but instead she decided to change her narrative, which is a whole word by itself. We have the opportunity, we have the power, we have the authority to change our narratives. We don't have to do what has been shown to us through other people or, you know, TV shows or, 
you know, music, or we don't have to take on the narrative of the world. We can make a conscious decision within our mind that we want to be healed and we want to be different. And we want to go into our marriages as whole as we possibly can, because we know that that will decrease and eliminate so many problems from being bitter and angry and just having so much pollution and junk that we tend to carry with us all through life and then we get in our marriages and we unloaded that stuff on all on our spouses and it could just be so much better and so much smoother if we take the time before we get married to start the healing process so ask God to reveal to you what, what are some areas in your life that you need healing in you know it could be childhood trauma I mean, most of us have things that have happened to us when we were children, unfortunately. So childhood trauma, past relationships, negative perspectives that we've been told are taught and just on and on and on. Ask God to reveal those areas to you because I can speak from experience on this situation. When me and my husband first got married, there were a lot of areas in my life that I needed healing on and there were a lot of areas in his life that he needed he needed healing on that we didn't even know we weren't even aware about until after we got married but those are things that we didn't even know that we could pray about we didn't know anything about childhood trauma we didn't know anything about carrying soul ties and you know having bitterness from past relationships we didn't know anything about that we knew that you know, we would feel some type of way if something would happen or if we broke up with somebody, but we didn't know that we were carrying those things into our marriage with each other. And so I would find that when me and my husband would get into certain situations that I would be triggered by certain things that he did. For example, when I was younger, I was a victim of sexual abuse and you know, that can stem into, you know, spirits of abandonment, rejection. I struggled with low self-esteem really, really, really bad. Um, pretty much my whole childhood when I was growing up. And I found that sometimes if I wanted to hug my husband and, you know, he wanted to watch TV or whatever he wanted to do, he necessarily wasn't rejecting me, but you know, he was busy. He didn't want to hug me in that moment, but I would take that as he was rejecting me and it would turn into this whole situation and argument that could have been avoided if I would have dealt with the root issue, which was the fact that I felt rejected and I felt abandoned as a child because of because of experiences that I have that I had had. And so when me and my husband first got married, I blamed a lot of that stuff on him. And I would just tell him, you know, you don't love me or you act like you don't love me or why are we married if you if you don't want to show me affection, which he couldn't show the affection that I needed in the marriage because of some things that he had been through in his childhood and, you know, and in his past life before me and him started dating. And so those are some things that we had to un unpack while we were married. And although it is very, very possible to heal together, because that's what me and my husband, I mean, we had to do. Um, but it's just so much easier when you are aware and you can start to identify these things before you get married and start to help and start to try to heal in those areas so that when you get married and things come up, oh, I already identified that. I know what that is. 
and you are more able to deal with situations head on instead of going in this whole emotional roller coaster tailspin that has nothing to do with nothing. And that's how a lot of marriages either end in divorce or in, are, argue so much because we're arguing on the surface, but we're not getting to the root of the issue. And so I can't stress that enough. Heal, heal, heal. Because we always hear the saying, hurt people, hurt people, right? So you don't want to be that hurt person that's hurting people, even if it's unintentionally. So ask God to reveal it to you. Find the hurt and heal the hurt. That's number one, heal. Sorry to interrupt the show, but this week's episode is being sponsored by Annette Dunn Copywriting and Proofreading Services. We translate thoughts and talks into text. Do you have a ton of awesome ideas but need someone to help you add structure to your thoughts? Do you desire someone with a keen eye for editing and proofreading written work? Do you have a growing business and are looking to outsource because there just aren't enough hours in the day? Look no further. I provide premium copy needs for your business, email marketing, book synopsis, blog content, reach search articles, college papers, and more. For the month of December, my listeners here at the Journey Journal podcast will receive their first 100 words free of charge. That's right. Until December the 31st, you can receive your first 100 words free. Simply email me at AnnetteDDunn at gmail.com. That's A-N-N-E-T-T-E-D-D-U-N-N at gmail.com. And don't forget to let me know that you're a friend of the show to receive your first 100 words free. Now, let's get back into this week's episode. So number two is to seek wise counsel. The Bible teaches us that there is safety in the abundance of counselors. And in the story of Ruth, Ruth sought wise counsel from her mother-in-law, Naomi. And so this can be a mentor. It can be a pastor. It can be a leader. Anyone that you trust deeply and can be open and honest with. And then trust their feedback and trust them to get actually give you wise counsel. Um, and so they're just able to hold you accountable and they're able to help guide you through this single, through this season of singlehood so that you can, first of all, be safe, that you can be as purposeful as you can and that you can use this time wisely. So I can't stress that enough. Seek wise counsel during this time. Number three is to be integrous. Allow God to develop your character and your loyalty during this time. Develop all the skills that you can. Take advantage of the time that you that you have to pour into yourself. Because the more responsibilities that you add in your life, the harder it is to take out that self-care time and really focus on you. And I can really speak about that like for real, because the things that I do with my blog and my podcast, y'all, those are sacrifices because ultimately my marriage and me being a mother to my son are the most important things in my life in the earth, besides my relationship with God, of course. And 
those those tasks or those things that I have to do for them and to show them how much I care and love and respect them takes time and it takes effort. And so when I sit here in front of this microphone, this is a sacrifice for me. Although I love it, although it's something that fulfills me, it's also a sacrifice because I know that I have so many other responsibilities that I have to do. And so when you are single, when you um, don't have kids, take all the time that you want to pour into yourself and develop all the skills that God is laying before you. In the Bible, Boaz inquired about Ruth to his workers and the worker had so many good things to say about Ruth that that she had been working hard, that, you know, she was loyal to her, to her mother-in-law. And it just makes me wonder if a man was interested in you and wanted to inquire about you, what will, what will people have to say about you? What are your goals? Do you make good decisions? How are you living your life now? That if your husband inquired about you to somebody else, they would have nothing but great things to say. That's important because a lot of times when we're dating, especially when our friends or people that we know or however it works are introducing us to people or, you know, someone is interested in us and they may ask somebody that we know, hey, what you know about Annette or what you know about so-and-so or how, tell me about this person. How is she? You want you want the person that's given the information to be able to have great things to say, no matter if that is your character, how you carry yourself. You know, if you're in school, if you own a business, if you are just going after your goals, if you're a good mother, even if you already have kids, you want the the person that is re- replying to have something good to say about you. And I believe that there's a myth out there because I've heard this before where people, you know, say that a man doesn't want, you know, a woman that has all these things going on or that a man can't handle a strong woman. But I believe that a real man will rise to the occasion, which is you, honey. You are the occasion. So don't wait until you get married to start living and to start gaining experiences and to start traveling and to to start developing yourself in all areas. Don't wait until you get married to do that. Develop yourself now. That's just building your resume for a lack of better words that when somebody does inquire about you, they'll have all of this great information to say about you. That makes you even more desirable after the guy is clearly already interested in you. So I'm just saying, put yourself, place yourself in a good position, be integral and allow God to use this time to develop you in all areas. Number four is to submit yourself before marriage. Now, Ruth submitted herself to Naomi. That was her covering before she married Boaz. And so this is one of my favorite tips because a man loves to see that a woman has respect and that she respects order. Now, this is not to be confused with being a doormat, but showing a man that you willingly, that you know how to willingly submit yourself under leadership. 
And what this does is that it causes for a smooth transaction, not only for the man, but for you, because you already know what it's like to be under leadership. You already know what the responsibility, the responsibilities that you have when you are submitted under someone, whether that's your pastor, whether that's your leader, what, whether that's your parents, you're submitted to them and you respect them. And so when you get into your marriage, you don't have to worry about having a power struggle or, you know, having a trouble submitting. And maybe we should do an episode on submission because there are so many, I think, negative connotations that come with that word. When the Bible actually tells us that we should submit to each other, one to another. So the wife is not only to submit to her husband, but her husband has to also submit to her and they both are to submit to God. And so we'll get into that later. And I think that it's also just so beautiful when a man has to ask for your hand in marriage. That is just, that hit different. Like my husband say, that hit, that hits different for me. Um, my husband had to ask for my hand in marriage because I came from a loving home. I came from a home where my parents supported me, even though they were divorced. I came for, from a home where I was loved and cared for. And so he had to ask for my hand in marriage because you're not just going to come over here and take her. You need to let me know what your intentions are. You need to let me know your plan for taking care of her. Why you want to marry her? Where do you see your future with her and your marriage? These are things that have to be discussed when you're already submitted to leadership before you meet your husband or before your husband wants to marry you. And this also keeps your future future husband accountable because if he sees the type of covering that you're leaving he knows the type of covering that he needs to be or to even be better than because you're not going to leave a situation that's good and then go to a situation that's less than that so it holds your husband accountable to the quality and the standard that he has to care for you and that is super duper important Number five is really quick and it's to be gracious. Be nice. If a guy is worth, if, if, that's a big if. I was just about to skip over that. If a guy is worth your time, if you are genuinely interested in this guy, if y'all like each other, love each other, show him that you're interested. Show him that you see a future with him. Now, that doesn't mean to, you know, pretend to be a wife. That just means to show him that you're interested in him by being gracious to him, by being nice towards him. I think a lot of times we get into this game situation where, oh, he texts me. I'm going to wait 30 minutes to text him back. Y'all know what I'm talking about because I done did it. He texts me, oh, I'm going to let him text me. I'm going to let him call me. I'm going to let him text me three times before I text him back. You know, the crazy games that we play. We we sitting there looking at the text message and our friends saying, no, wait, you got you to gotta wait 30 minutes so that he don't think you thirsty. No, baby, I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. And he is a tall drink of water. So don't be out here playing no games with these men, y'all. Or don't be out here playing no games with these women, y'all. Men out here. Because it's time out for that. If you like me, you like me. If you see a future with me, you see a future with me. Show me that you see a future with me, honey. Don't play games with me. 
You don't want people to play games with you, so don't play games. If the man texts you, text him back. Be gracious. Be nice. Be a lady. A man wants a lady. Okay? Okay, y'all. Number six is to look the part. So carry yourself in a way that you want to be received. I hear a lot of people say that perception is reality. And to a certain extent, I do believe that that is true. People's perceptions are real. Their perceptions of you are real, even if that is not your complete reality. Meaning, let's just say, if you um, went to Walmart or Target, you were going to some store and you came in there with a bonnet on and you ain't got no bra on and you got on some Nike flip-flops and a jacket and you just running in the store because you just need, you just, you ran out of laundry detergent. This is a random example, but you, you ran out of laundry detergent and you're going up in there and it's, and it's a man in there that's, that's interested in you and that you could possibly be interested in. But when he sees you, it's probably a million things going through his mind as to why he shouldn't talk to you. And even though you may be well-established, you may have a good things going for yourself. You may be the best dressed thing in all of wherever state you live in, but his perception of you is real that you came out and went to the store looking like a bum. His perception is real, even though that's not your complete reality because of the reasons that we've stated previously. So we have to be careful how we present ourselves to people. Naomi made sure that Ruth looked and smelled the part before she met Boaz. Perceptions are everything. You want to always present yourself in excellence. Take pride in yourself because you never know when or where you can meet your forever. And that's just the T on that. Okay, number seven. This is the last one. Number seven is to pray. Pray, pray, pray. So in prayer, be honest, be detailed, but be open. Meaning, have, did y'all see that show, What Chili Wants? I think that that's the name of it. But in the show, this girl had this long list about what she wanted her husband to be like. And a lot of them were very shallow kind of physical things. Like she wanted his earlobe to be attached or something, something crazy like that. And when I, so when I say be detailed, but be open, it just means you can be detailed about how you want your husband to be, his personality, how you want him to look, but be open to what God has for you. Because ultimately God knows best for us and he knows who we need to be with. And it's so funny that you have to pray for discernment as well, because a lot of times the counterfeit will come before the promise. So you may be praying, God, I want him to be care of me. I want him to be right in the middle. I want him to be dark skin. I want him to be light skin. I want him to be right in the middle. I want him to have a, a beautiful teeth. When I when I see him, I want him to have on a brown shirt and some jeans. And I want him to have on some Timberlands. Y'all, I'm just making up stuff. I want him to have a, a fade with a part on the side. And guess what? That very thing that you prayed for will show up. 
and you thinking that that's a sign from God. And that's why you got to pray for discernment because that may be the counterfeit. The enemy might have just presented you with exactly what you prayed for on the outside. And he told down on the inside and don't got no respect and don't know how to treat you. So pray for discernment. Pray that you can spot a wolf in sheep's clothing. Pray that. Pray that you can look beyond the physical sometimes, even though the physicality is important. Pray that you can look beyond the physical and see a man's heart. Pray that you can look beyond the physicality and see the man's intentions just by the way that he looks at you, how he approaches you. Pray that you will be ready and in the right frame of mind and spirit and emotions when you meet your husband so that you can know, so that you can have a clear mind to know if this is somebody you even want to entertain, you probably won't know if this is your husband right from day one when you meet him. But we want to be detailed when we pray, but we want to be open. God knows exactly what we need, but communing with him about this, you know, type of subject and any other thing in our life just makes the process so much sweeter. So guys, I really hope that this information was helpful and I'm going to go back and name all of them from one to seven so number one was to heal ask God now to reveal the areas in your life that you need healing in number two was to seek wise counsel because the Bible says that there is safety in the abundance of counselors number three is to be integral ask God to develop your character and loyalty during this time number four is to submit before marriage Ruth submitted to Naomi. Number five is to be gracious. If a guy is worth your time, show him. Number six is to look the part. Carry yourself how you want to be perceived. And number seven is to pray. Be detailed, but by all means, be open to the will of God. And so I hope that the information that I gave you was helpful. I hope that you grab some keys that you may take um, to unlock your future. And I had a fun time with this one. I'm definitely getting more comfortable um, recording these podcast episodes. So I can tell that my personality is starting to come out a little more because I feel like I'm talking to one of my friends and it's just me and this microphone. But really, it's me and all of my friends on the other side of your phone or your computer or wherever you're listening also had a couple announcements. I always have to give you guys some announcements before I let you go. Um, so I'm excited because y'all next week is the season finale and y'all we have so many good things planned for season two. I cannot wait to just show y'all and tell y'all what we have planned because it's so, so good. So y'all, I just thank you so much for listening. I hope that you will share this share this podcast with your friends so that they can have a chance to catch up before um, season two comes out. But we'll give more information about that next week on the season finale. But because you guys have been so gracious and so supportive, I'm going to have my husband on the last episode of season one. And we want to do a question and answer episode. So we want to do all question questions and answers. So we are very open. We want you to ask all the questions that you want to ask any type of questions. You can ask questions about us individually or as a couple, how we met. You can ask questions about sex, about marriage, about being young and married, about faith, about um, your relationship with Christ, about scriptures that you might have questions about. 
about parenting, you can access literally anything. Um, that's one thing I can't say about my husband and I is that we are very open. We we're always very transparent. And we're always willing to help anybody. So please ask us any questions that you have. We want to feature them on next week's episode, the finale. And we are not going to name any names next episode. We want all the questions to be confidential because we want you guys to feel as comfortable as you, you know, can to lay your heart out and next, whatever question you want to ask with no judgment, you know, with no, nothing, no strings attached, just your question so that, you know, people can get more information because your question that you might have, I'm sure many other people have as well. So don't feel um, ashamed of the questions that you may have. Just, you can email me. I'll leave my email down below. You can find me on social media. I'll leave all my social media links down below. You can DM me. Um, If you have my number, if you're in my life, in real life, you can text me, you can call me. Um, and just tell me your questions and we'll be so happy to answer them on next week's episode. The finale. I keep saying that because I, first of all, I can't believe I have a podcast. And then second of all, I can't believe that we are on the season finale. I'm really excited about that. So like I said, definitely check the show notes and don't forget to leave a rating. If you are listening on Apple podcasts, we already have 10 ratings and I'm so excited about that. Leave an honest rating, leave a review and just share what you love about the show share what what you are learning so that when our when our new listeners come on they'll be able to see the wonderful community that we are building here at the journey journal podcast i love you guys so much i thank you always for your continued support and we're gonna pray out and then i'll see you guys in next week's episode the finale God, we thank you for this podcast. We thank you for this space that you have blessed us with, God, that we could come and talk unfiltered, Lord God. But knowing that we will receive something valuable, God, that will shift our perspectives and push us into our destinies. God, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're blessing all marriages, all future marriages, and you're blessing each and every listener, Lord God, that tunes into this podcast, Lord God. I pray that you touch every need, that you comfort every hurt, Lord God, and that you heal every broken place in all of our lives, that we may be whole and the best version of ourselves, Lord God, that one day we will be great spouses to our husbands, to our wives, and if we're already married, Lord God, that we will be even better spouses to those that you have blessed us with. God, help us, Lord Jesus, to walk this journey with you, that you will deposit, Lord God, sweet answers, Lord God, that you will deposit, Lord God, blessings, that you will deposit favor upon our lives, Lord God, that makes this journey a little bit easier and sweeter, Lord God, because of your Holy Spirit. We ask you to be with us during this holiday season and to grant us much joy and happiness. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I love you guys so much and I will talk to you in next week's episode, the season one finale.